Get ready. Yeah. Y'all ready for some live shit? Welcome. Welcome to the D, baby. It's all live down here. What you see is all real. What up, though? Welcome back to a special edition episode of Facebook What the Fuck. So today, Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, all that shit's down. And I was having a conversation with our guest and was talking about what happened. And he started giving me this lamest terms explanation of like what happened with Facebook today. So I was like, you know what? That'd be a fucking good episode. So with that said, welcome my homeboy Sheldon. Hey, hey, hey. How's everybody doing? What's up? What up, though, podcast land? Um, long time listener, first time caller. I know. That, you sounded real interviewing, man. That's, that was nice, dog. <laughs> man, I practiced nice. that. I just freestyled out the that dome. That was you nice, know. man. That was <laughs> Little nice. Wayne, baby. That was nice. So your at is Shell, S-H-E-L-L, is not safe for work well that is correct nsfw uh se excuse me s-h-e-l-l-i-s-n-s-f-w didn't i make that as complicated as possible yeah i was like how how did you how'd you end up uh what what made you end up doing that that name um well once twitter started getting much more mature and then job applications started saying hey what are your socials I started wanting to separate out my Twitters and uh, shell is not safe for work was that unfiltered slash retweets of pop culture Twitter that I needed to separate from my, my other domains of my identity. So that's what shell is not safe for work or shell I S N S F W Twitter all holds, you know, all my unsavory unfiltered thoughts and responses to what's going on in Twitterverse. So you don't have to be like, you know, this doesn't represent my employer because no one knows about this. And so these these views are independent and do not represent that of the station. These views are solely that of the host. Yeah, Yo, I don't have to put that there. Once upon a time, I actually wanted my actual name as my Twitter name, and then I was like, I start thinking like, I don't want, I don't want my name associated uh with this at all <laughs> so i at one point i think i had i was gonna put my part of my last name and i'm like what the fuck am i doing like i don't want that so i don't want that so yeah I, we, i've, we I've had some... many 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 twitter names and i've just recently ended up with angry detroiter but i've had a lot of names lot yeah of we names. see we see some of these athletes or football players or whatever the case may be you know some of them tweets you know back from the college days or even nowadays you know because twitter's a lot older now some of these tweets going back to you know junior high school and sophomore year in high school and catching up with them you know their freshman year and in, in the professional league is so you got to change it you got to evolve or so or go back and just delete I mean, it we, well yeah delete it or so but if, i think if you're a celeb as long as you I mean, you're going to have your actual name. Um, I don't see too many celebs that have like weird names. I guess it's because of the recognition and stuff. Um, but yeah, so we just cut to it. First off, um, you are a uh, a brother of the leaf. You smoke. Uh, so what you what are you smoking? <laughs> no pressure, man. No pressure. No pressure. See, uh, Angry Detroiter, a.k.a. O, knows I 
completely butchered the names of cigars every single time I pronounce them. And I don't know how to use Zoom that well. But it's uh, I'm smoking a Alive, uh G series. Alive. You were close, Alive. I was close. You were close. Oh, was close. Oh, you were close. Oh, oh. Uh, Alive uh, G series uh, stick that I got from um what was that? The, the smoke oh, on the river. Smoke on the river event. Yeah, which uh we both attended and we both had a great time. Such a great event. Yep. First event, first time that they did it. Hopefully they bring it back next year. But such a great vibe and uh. We both went in for the VIP package, and it was such a, a great event. Live music, great food, and even better sticks. And, you know, got the network. But uh, smoking a stick from that event. Cool, cool. Uh, so Mike isn't on here today. Uh, what up, uh, What up, though, to Mike? Uh, we actually be doing uh episode on our regular day, Wednesday, with a cool guest. Um, so looking forward to that. I've been really wanting to get guests on, and i really, really just been BSing. And so I'm really pushing to uh, have some cool guests. So you'll be our first guest that's non-podcast related. I think that we've had in a while. Um, so, and well, you, thank you. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So let's get right to it. Um, what do you do? Uh, so professionally, I am a automation engineer in the quality space of software. So what that means is. Um, every piece of software that you essentially use, whether it's from a website, a mobile app, or even placing an order for something, placing an order for food, place buying a shirt off of a website, there's some sort of quality process that says, hey, we want to make sure that there's no bugs in this application, meaning there's no crashes, there's no misspellings, it doesn't just sit there on the loading screen, it pretty much in a quality space of software, we're an advocate for the customer to make the experience so much smoother for you. Okay. And that is the mobile experience. So that's specifically the domain that I uh, reside in. So okay. my, my specialty is in the native application side of uh, quality. So that's your iPhone, your Android uh, phone, your iPad, Android tablets, wearables, and even uh, IoT, Internet of Things devices. So that's Google Home, uh, HomePod, Siri, and uh, Google Assistant. Okay. All right. So, yeah, you, you're, like, really techy, really techy. Okay. A little bit. Yeah, yeah that's not good. I, I can appreciate the, the nerd aspect of this. Um, so, as we, I said earlier, Facebook took a shit, which took out Instagram, WhatsApp, and... It was it's, it's funny because I use WhatsApp. We use WhatsApp constantly. Yep. Um, I use WhatsApp with most of my friends. And I, one of my homeboys sent me a text like, what am I supposed to do? And I'm like, wait, I only have two text messages from you ever. What happened was that was uh, Tony. Um, when I, I think it was two years ago, I think I lost my phone at the casino. So I wasn't able to back it up. I usually don't delete too much. And uh, I didn't have... All I had was two messages from like 2020 or something. When he uh -huh. looked at his phone, since he doesn't delete messages, he had messages back from like 2015 and shit. But once WhatsApp came about, I started using that exclusively for a lot of a lot of my friends and stuff. So, right. So anyway, you know, was randomly texting throughout the day. Was working. Well, I was at work. I want to say say I was working, but I was there. <laughs> and honestly, you know, honesty is the best policy. And all I saw was Twitter was you know available. So of course I'm seeing people I ain't seen in a while on Twitter. People popping up. It's probably just been on Facebook, Instagram, yada yada. 
And so on my way home, I stopped at a light and I see somebody retweet this person and his name is Alex Hearn. And so his tweet, and I'm going to read a few of his tweets that we talked about earlier. And then you can go into like your unofficial explanation of what, I'm not going to hold you to this, but I, it, I, I, I trust your background and so forth. So we're going to go with it. Okay. Alex Hearn, which I'm not sure who he is, but whatever. Uh, good source. He's a verified guy. I'm assuming he's something on here. Um, he says, a bunch of friends have texted me, asking me for a basic explanation as to what the hell happened to Facebook. Facebook accidentally, we assume, sent an update to a deep level routing protocol on the internet that said basically, hey, we do not have any servers anymore. Normally, this would be quite easy to fix. You just send another update saying, oh, don't worry, we have servers. Thing is, um, it still breaks, takes a while for the message to spread to all of the corners, egg on the face, blah, blah, blah. And it's because Facebook and all their stuff runs through a Facebook only. Um, this could catastrophic outage happen. So what the hell happened in layman's terms? Um, what Alex Heron is pretty much explaining to in layman's terms is um, what happens when you don't have adequate redundancy or adequate um, de uh, adequate deployment process. So I'm just one cog in the whole uh, software development process. So I assure the quality, there's people that make sure that the software gets out. You have people that make sure that the software is Apple to Apple's, but you have people who also maintain that the software is deployed successfully for IE me and you. We're consumers of Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, and Pinterest, right? These are all services that we use. There's a team of people that one monitor these services and um, a second group of people that sit there and make sure that we deploy these services out to production successfully. What I'm assuming Alex is alluding to here is, and what he's pretty much put in layman terms is, it looks like Monday is typically the day that you release code at the beginning of the week. You may have a predetermined uh, schedule in which you release software. For example, Windows, they release patch updates the first Tuesday of every month. So that first Tuesday of the month, you open up your Microsoft Windows computer, you see a patch, you see a software update to patch your Windows system, right? Um, so in the software world, you also have that as well. Some do it every six weeks, some do it once a year, some do it, whatever. So it looks like Facebook rolled out something. So it looks like what they rolled out, we don't know what it is. But whatever it did, when you deploy software out to somebody essentially that reviews this piece of software code, right? That person reviews it, puts their stamp of approval on it. Then it gets, quote unquote, merged into production. Okay. What I'm assuming happens is that whatever that piece of code was, whether it's an update, a patch, or security vulnerability, whatever it did, it took the servers offline. And... What ended up happening, assuming that this is correct, is that you have servers. That's kind of like a telephone number, right? You call a telephone number, it rings, somebody picks up another line, and then you have a connection. Same thing with these servers. All of these servers have IP addresses that are responsible for hosting something or, or 
delivering, providing some type of stability. Um, and Alex is saying that all of the products that Facebook provides is under one umbrella, right? Essentially, Facebook should have its own servers, Pinterest should have its own servers, Instagram should have its own servers, and WhatsApp should have its own servers. But that doesn't seem to be the case. It looks like all in one. It seems one. It seems okay. It seems. See, we we don't have any proof yet. They probably won't come out and say actually what happened. But it appears that to the average consumer, if they're using WhatsApp and don't use Facebook, they don't know why WhatsApp is down, right? Because they may not know that Facebook owns WhatsApp. But it looks like Facebook pretty much is a company that says, hey, we own all of this. We want all of this under the Facebook umbrella. And we don't want to give our other products backups or their own separate servers. So you have all of this under one roof. You deploy code to production to these servers that say, all right, we're going to change the telephone number, but we're not going to update all of our products to look at the updated telephone number. So when you roll this out, it goes into production. Now your sites are looking for that old telephone number that you turned off. Now, nothing is updating, nothing's refreshing, nothing's being reflected in any of these products. But it looks like whatever they changed the telephone number to, nobody knew what the new telephone number was. <laughs> so we have this term that's called a rollback. So when you, when you deploy stuff out into production, when you deploy stuff out to market, typically there's a window in which you sit there and test it, make sure everything looks good. Let's say every day at nine o'clock, you deploy, yeah, let's say every day at nine o'clock you deploy software into production, then you test it. You test it, you test it. And then let's say 10 o'clock a.m. the same time within an hour, you have a window. At 9.59, pretty much you have a go, no-go decision, right? And that go, no-go decision is, hey, did this stuff that we roll in production, is it working? If so, okay, cool, let's push it out. Or none of this is working. We need to figure this out. Let's not break production and roll back. So that's the go, no go decision. Do we release this or do we not and roll it back and let's keep the old version? What ended up happening here is that they deployed this and they couldn't roll back because whatever they deployed to these servers, it took the servers offline, meaning that none of these products can access these servers. So the example that I gave earlier while we were on the phone and this may be a horrible correlation, but it's the best one I can come up with off the top of my head. I mean, we we spoke earlier about you're you're a a DJ by trade. Um, You do some parties and you're talking about your hard drive capacity on your computer and all of the music that you legally purchased. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. All legal. All all 350 gigs of music that you purchased. Um, (laughs) Um. you, you have it on your computer, right? So let's say you back this up on your computer, it's on your computer and your computer crashes, right? Let's say the motherboard goes dead, but all that music's on your hard drive. In theory, what you will be able to do best cases is take apart the computer or mm-hmm. pull out the hard drive, save your music and put it on another computer. But of course that takes time, right? But, but it's doable. 
it is doable, but that window of finding your screwdriver, taking a computer part, taking your hard drive out, out, putting another computer, putting the music back on is what I believe we experienced today. It took that time because the server is offline. You couldn't roll back. You couldn't communicate with the servers. So that means somebody actually had to physically go into wherever these servers are located and put them back online, turn it back on, manually go into the machine and put in the correct IP address, whatever the case may be. Networking is actually outside of my purview, but something along those lines, somebody had to have physical hands-on to these servers that were knocked offline as a result of software. Versus what I was alluding to earlier with, in theory, Facebook should have its own service, WhatsApp, Instagram, and Pinterest should have their own individual servers. And if we roll back to your, your computer and your hard drive with all your music, in theory, what you should do when you back up your computer is you back it up, you back it up on a thumb drive, you back it up on the cloud, you back it up on a network attached storage. So if your computer goes down, you have a fail safe. You can just switch over to your thumb drive. You can switch over to your network drive. You can switch over to the cloud, right? And then the switch is a lot faster Whereas what we saw today is it was much more of a manual thing to figure out what these servers were and to turn it back on. So all of these options you're saying, is that what you were referring to as like your, your backup redundancy? Your, that's exactly your redundancy, right? Okay. Essentially, they're, they're probably backing these all up and they're backing up all of their servers within one umbrella, which is the Facebook umbrella. And from a business perspective, it makes sense. We're Facebook. We acquired these companies. We're the almighty Facebook. We don't want nobody else to stamp anywhere with our information. It's all Facebook. And I get that from a leadership perspective, but from a networking perspective, from a software perspective, this is a worst nightmare for, let's say, a site reliability engineer. This is their worst nightmare, right? If something goes, for example, when you're watching Netflix, right? Netflix servers are not just located in one area of the United States, right? They have failovers all over the United States, all over the world. So let's say the power outage of the Midwest that happened right here in Michigan, Ohio, up the East Coast, right? Let's say Netflix was out during that time, right? What would happen is those servers are in New York and let's say in Michigan and whatever area, the Boston area, all of that data would fail over to the South and the West Coast. So that way, there's no deprecated user experience for the people that are still watching Netflix. Whereas what we saw today, it doesn't like there was no failover, there was no switch. So earlier you mentioned, uh, so I'm, I'm with you on this, I'm following, I'm tracking, uh, about a physical key and a digital key, like to get into the, like they couldn't even get into the building or some shit, right? I think he was speaking in, in layman's terms. And again, oh, we, we don't okay. we don't know. Like, I, I don't think, and again, we don't know what we don't know, but I don't think that they knocked the servers, off, servers offline and therefore locked everybody out of the building to gain access. He, he's talking about the key. He's talking about the ability to remote into the server, which is the key in this analogy, to turn it back on. Uh, okay, okay, okay. So I am looking up, I was looking on New York Times and uh, <laughs> so they had to actually physically go into like, a, so it's like, okay, this part says Facebook eventually restored service after a team used an industrial angle grinder, which looked like a circular saw to cut through the bars of the cage, holding some of the server computers at the data center. 
So that's so from that perspective, that's absolutely uh, correct. I worked in other companies where their data center, which is what it says, server data center, is where all your servers are located. You should see some of these data centers. Not only do, are they fire retardant, they're water resistant, they're foam proof, they're, 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 they're cutting edge stuff for people's data. So if a fire breaks out in the building where these servers are located, they have all of the fire retardants to save the servers, mm-hmm. but also distinguish the fires. Not only are these servers uh, fire retardant, but they're raised off the ground for electrical shock, earthquake shock. So these things are kind of suspended in the air a little bit. Typically they're behind two or three doors and they have all of these weather precautions to protect them from any type of natural um, incidences. Wow. I'm, why do you think all of this? So it was, you know, in addition to Facebook, Instagram, what's that messenger, even Oculus was out. Why do you yeah. think all of this, why do you think they they don't have a redundancy with more, I guess, but I don't, I don't know the word I want to use, uh, more redundant backups? Why do you think? <laughs> I mean, that's a great question. Um, I mean, the companies that I work for in the past are nearly not as big as Facebook, but they've always practiced failovers and fallbacks for these worst case Armageddon type of things because you provide these services to a lot of people and they go down. It's no different than your telephone going down or your utility going down or something like that. There should be a backup. That's why most people in the Midwest have backup generators or some type of backup source, right? Because it's a fail failover when you lose if and when you lose power doing um, bad weather. I I cannot speak to that. I, I don't have clue because they make so much so much money hand over fist i mean even a company that i worked for before maybe 600 employees at the corporate headquarters um when i was working there, maybe it was my second year working there we're, we're on a, a a corner of a popular intersection but by happenstance it was an accident that caused a car to jump the curve and hit a generator and it ended up knocking off half the block. And that half of the block, we were a part of half of that block. It took the CEO and the CTO maybe, well, first of all, the disaster recovery was getting a generator big enough, powerful enough, delivered on-prem to plug our building into. That was the first thing. Then the second thing was, Oh, we need redundancy. Nobody can plan for somebody hitting a generator in the city to knock off after businesses. But we're, we were providing utility for transactions, for the ability to process transactions. And it knocked off a substantial amount of our customers to where if somebody walked into your business to swipe the car, it would just unable to authorize. So he invested X amount of thousands of dollars to have a backup generator to back up the whole building. And based off the location that we're at, you know, bad weather, it will, you know, brownouts will happen, generate kick right on in, it would turn off all of the, all of the, you know, cosmetic lights. The lights will come back at like 50% uh, brightness. And then you see, you know, some of the backup stuff, but the computers still work and the internet still works. So we're still able to keep it running. And you look out the window, nobody on the block will have power. 
This is another form of redundancy. You have power redundancy, data redundancy. You have to have all of these things because accidents happen. Right, right. And, 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 you know, going back to like Facebook and there and this whole outage, like it was, it was much bigger than just the actual app. Like people use Facebook to log in and so much shit. Like smart TVs, shopping websites, thermostats, uh, and other random internet connected devices. So I think it just shows how we're so we're weird. And I say weird because I know you don't even use Facebook, but a lot of people are dependent on Facebook because like my, our uh, cigar group is Facebook based. I don't know how I would get that amount of people on a different, uh, platform, but we have like 1800 members of our Facebook group. Right. No, there's no other, there's no other platform that can have that. How's that many people to where the communication is consistent and in the time, like, I don't even think, you know, Twitter spaces or Twitter groups. I'm not well versed in the Twitter either, but I don't even think those guys have the capacity to have a community um, of that magnitude. Um, but one of the things I was thinking about as well was not only what we use from a consumer standpoint and everybody at UC services are consumers, but I'm thinking about the people who make their livelihood off of social media, the influencers, right? And your people, your affiliate marketers, the people that just sit there and post stuff and sell products through Facebook, through the Facebook groups, they lost a whole day of affiliate marketing and your, your influence lost a whole day of, I know, influence going to influence. Yo, it's funny you say that because uh, uh, a, a lady I know, she's a, uh, she does, um, She's a she's a, well she's an influencer in the state that she she advertises like uh, like trips and travel and stuff like that and I saw her tweet uh, that she had just did had like a like a paid advertisement on Instagram and it was like the day of this shit you know what I'm saying so it's like to your point of just marketing and stuff like that you know uh, her having some kind of money and base something going on you know takes away from you know hell what do you do with all these people who had marketing and were paying for ads and getting paid for stuff and it didn't you didn't have that audience anymore you know what i mean like how do you how do you do that you know what i'm saying uh yeah that's that's nuts i didn't even i didn't think about that but until you said it but then it reminded me of the tweet i saw our homegirl um, who she follows us. We follow her. She's pretty cool. Um, and yeah, that's, that's, that's nuts. Um, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I'm, I'm d- to further um, bring your point home, it's just, this is such an integral part, you know, with the Twitter and introduction of Facebook. I mean, I was in college, just graduated high school when Facebook first started coming on the scene and it was just an EDU address to where you can sign up. And then, it, you know, of course, it opened up to the public and everything like that to where now their number one source of revenue is ads ads and sales and click-throughs and conversions so you had a whole day where unless you're using google assets or anything like that adobe analytics to generate your leads facebook of course offers the most social natural interaction into that to that audience and for that to be down a whole day and all your small business owners all even to your 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 big businesses right 
they lost a whole day of of marketing right like it, it was a quiet day I, i'm seeing here through various news outlets that facebook being down for a day caused the stock to uh fall by nearly five percent this is from cnbc and I haven't read through this article, so I won't quote it, but the title for CNBC says, by uh, Salvador Rodriguez says, Facebook shares dropped nearly 5% after major site outage and whistleblower interview. So are you aware what the whistleblower interview is about? Uh, uh, slightly. Um, it's In short, I, I was funny, I was talking to, talking to my boss about it. He was saying how, basically she said that Facebook basically makes it unsafe on purpose uh to to keep revenue to keep clicks to to keep all that is that what the gist of what it is oh i i don't know i'm just reading the title for the first time and i saw that the gym earlier is like whistleblower interview and i'm like whoa 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 i mean there's there's the stars are lining up i can't imagine a whistleblower taking out facebook but what do i know I mean, and they I, say she's a trusted source so it's not like a, just a random you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying they say she's a pretty trusted source i mean just this day alone uh fox news and bloomberg reporting that you know zuckerberg lost between six to seven billion in stock stock falls just today it is I'm billion, so, it's I'm, billion. Okay. That, I'm just gonna ask like when we said, in a way a, huh? a b a billion with a b a b so earlier i didn't want to confirm it because i was i remember reading that and i was like maybe i'm mistaken to say it's million but no it's mil- it's billion it's definitely between like fox is saying fox news is saying well fox business is saying six billion uh bloomberg is saying seven um billion so we're gonna go with uh six and a half billion we just we just we cut the average uh so, so based still based off of uh, Salvador Rodriguez's uh, article here on CNBC, this is the worst service outage since 2008. What were you doing in 2008? 2008, uh, I was 28. Uh, I was making a lot of bad decisions. <laughs> so 2008, uh, I was 21. I was right there with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was making a lot of bad decisions in 20, uh, 28, but yeah. So, and it was crazy part about the lot, the 6 billion, that's because Facebook shares dropped 5%. That just shows how, how, how crazy uh, the money is with Facebook. A 5% drop is ended up being $6 billion, dude. Facebook $6 shares, yeah. billion. Dollars. Yeah, the same article quotes Facebook shares slid to 4.9% to close at $326.23 a share. The stock is still up 19% this year. Still, they're still up 19% this year. Yeah, yeah, it's still up. I mean, it's, I mean, it's, a, it's a loss, but he's still up. He's still up more than t- in 2020. It's still relative, right? Yeah, yeah. That relative is fuck. Relative yeah. is fuck. I'm, I'm curious. Uh, I mean, I think you gave me the gist with the whistleblower thing, but it's uh, it's very interesting. And we were just talking about Pinterest uh, the other day. You know, we we're talking about sharing recipes because that's what cool adults we are. Yeah, uh, yeah. share I, recipes I, and, and house designs on Pinterest. And shit. Exactly. Uh, that's a whole rabbit hole for another time. Um, yeah. 
I escaped me that Facebook owns uh, Pinterest or bought Pinterest or whatever. They own too much, dog. Well, now you understand at the beginning or middle of last year where that that meeting on Congress was all about the anti the antitrust uh, hearing, right? Yeah, they own too much. Yeah, nobody can compete, right? Google owns all the data. Facebook owns all of the ads, and Apple's has way too much privacy in the hands of the consumer and nobody can, you know, get that information. So how does somebody outside of you three come in and actually disrupt the market? You guys are a conglomerate and they talk, they talk circles around uh, the congressman or whatever, but they, this is another case where you knocked off $6 billion in, uh, in profit stock profit for, for like, 10 hours of outages or whatever the hell you want to call it. Hours. And it wasn't even that. It went out at like 1140. And around I think lunch. It, yeah. it came back around two hours ago or hour ago or something like that. Uh, yeah. So, uh, oh, before I forget, uh, I was having a, a horrible brain for earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, the person I was talking about earlier who's a travel influence, influencer, uh, her name is Kim. Uh, she has a uh, site, Work Hard, Travel Well. She does, she does travel she does trips. She does videos on how to, where there's flying, where to go. She's also, she's also, which you would be uh, uh, interested in. She's also uh, a drone flyer. So she's a. Okay. Fellow droning. Yeah. So uh, I'll definitely, uh, I'll uh, give you her, uh, her ad as well. So she does some cool stuff with her drone and does a lot of cool travel stuff. I got to get her on a podcast. I've been really BSing on that, but this is my, my, uh, my year of uh getting getting guests i've always wanted so uh, i have to do, have her on do we credit her with the app that tells us about the weather patterns uh i don't think so i remember <laughs> you uh suggested the app to us uh last year or the year before last that let uh, us know oh no i don't i don't think that was i don't think that was okay, that okay. so um so i don't want to keep this too long because i wanted to just be able to give a just a, a good just of what was going on so in short our unofficial thoughts is that lack of redundancy is pretty much to blame and redundancy meaning you know backups and backups and backups and somebody hitting the oopsie on the uh <laughs> on the update essentially exactly i've been in part i've been part of companies where their backups are 12 servers so mm-hmm. you have what's called like a raid configuration where you will have essentially an example I'm giving right now. You will have 11 backups of the same thing. That's a raid okay. configuration, an example. So we have uh, 12 backups. <laughs> Just in case one goes down, we can revert to another one or another one. Or if this area of the United States goes down, we can shift over here to this area of Europe or this area of Canada if we need to, in case, you know, something happens. Redundancy, man. It's a pain. It's boring. It's like, watching paint dry you're just sitting there looking at a progress bar you're backing everything up and then you got to move it and then you also have to do what's called a um, data center loading right you can't just have a backup that you never go to because how do you know that it's up to date mm-hmm. right so you gotta back up you also got to make sure to switch in between them to make sure that there's no um a drop off on the quality no drop off to the product but it, it, it takes a coordinated effort of people, talented people, to make sure something is not missed in one environment that is in another environment. So it's a whole dance, it's a whole orchestra and a dance that you have to do with this. It's not as easy as, hey, Windows go, system backup. It's not that easy. 
What was that you that was telling me about how Netflix does when so when Netflix is streaming and you get a weird buffer, sometimes it'll switch to the better stream or it, I don't know if the better stream is the the best best wordage to use. Uh, um, I was in the conference um, and. Um, uh, I'm, I'm gonna completely butcher his job title but this is about four or five years ago but it was the director of uh, chaos this was this guy's name this is the title that uh, netflix gave this guy but his director of chaos or whatever and his job was to take down netflix he was a netflix employee and you know he had a team i'm sure but his job was to make netflix as robust as possible so that's where i got that information from so gotcha. what they would do is they, they had a software script and this is public information, but they had a software script that was essentially they coined it monkey testing. And you, this are, are in different areas of quality testing and even network testing, but you have something that's called monkey testing and essentially imagine uh, a monkey going into your, your server closet and going crazy. What's going to happen? Oh. So they had a script that was called monkey testing or monkey chaos. And what it would do is sit there, unplug stuff, change IP addresses, delete files and whatever. And their server stack, the redundancy would have to intelligently fell, fell, fall forward, fall back, uh, convert over or go to a different data center. Right. But it was all as, as a, um, a thesis or a thought project to make sure that the redundancy is there, that the coverage is there, and that you don't get that deprecated user experience. So when you look at something like a YouTube, like unless you're in the middle of the woods on edge, you really don't get a buffer in YouTube. Why is that? When you're watching Netflix, you can't really think of the last time Netflix had an outage, right? Because what they're doing is taking it's kind of like the CD player that you used to have back in the day that you had to wait like 30 seconds before you can actually move or run with it because it had like a buffer on it. And then the more movement you do, you look at the little LCD screen, a little screen on the uh, CD player, you see the buffer going down, you be still so the buffer can go back up. Mm -hmm. That CD player buffer was just giving you the next 10 or 20 seconds of the CD. So you wouldn't skip the CD. I got you. Okay. So it's the same thing in networking. Essentially, you have a buffer, but now the technology has gotten so advanced and evolved to where they can predict the dips in your network traffic or predict the outages in your area or network congestion. So every day between six and seven, six between six and nine, everybody's at home, you know, washing clothes, flicking on their lights. And the power grid knows that. Same thing with Netflix. They know that everybody in their local time from six to nine are sitting there all watching Netflix. So how do we give as much bandwidth for people to consume our content with the best experience? And also how do you serve the people that have a lower, slower connection to where they don't get that pinwheel or that loading or that buffering thing? Netflix is really, really good at doing that. So is uh, Google, which is YouTube. They're really good at that, but it's all, it's all, uh, data loading and server loading and redundancies. You have copies upon copies on copies of the same movie that you're watching on Netflix. And all it does is it gives you that buffer, let's say the first 30 minutes, right when you hit play. Okay, that makes sense. So essentially, uh, redundancy is key. Uh, redundancy is key, right? You don't, 
just have you should have a backup of your computer you should have a backup of your phone you should also have a backup of your phone in two or three places you should have a backup of your computer in two or three places because nothing sucks more than when you turn on that computer and it doesn't boot up and you just think about all the files all the settings and how you had everything perfectly how you had all your your screenshots in one area and all your music in one area and you just think oh i gotta re- i gotta start over from scratch redundancy is key but nobody likes to do it because like uh what's gonna happen Damn. And, and I, as I think about it now, I haven't backed up my computer in a while. I haven't backed up my phone in a while. And so that is on my thing to do this week because I'm sitting here like, fuck, I got too much stuff on my, I have too much music that I don't want to lose. Dude, so, and it's, it's just not fun. You got to sit there, plug it into, you know, your computer and hit backup for your phone or hit backup for your computer. You just got to sit there and just watch that progress bar load, but it gives you a little bit of peace of mind and you got to back it up regularly. All right. Well, um, yeah, I, I need to do that. Uh, so, <laughs> well, yo, our brother, appreciate you, man. Uh, thanks for uh, one joining and uh, giving us uh, our layman's terms explanation of how Facebook fucked up. Uh, your social is shell is not safe for work, right? Yes, you got it. Okay. Nailed it. Uh, right. No, thank you for having me. Uh, Give Mike some my regards and uh thank you guys for listening. Thank you for having me. And uh it was fun, man. This is my first time doing this. So uh, this is super yeah, we had to come back. We had to come back with some other uh techie layman's terms. We may have to do a series on this. Oh man, uh, te- let me have tech- a segment. A, a, a tech a techie layman's terms uh <laughs> segment. So I'm definitely down with that. So let me yeah. be the Al Roker of the tech segment. Ah, Al Roker, <laughs> hey, if you want Al Roker, fuck it. I was thinking of somebody different, but you know, Al Roker works. So all right, man. Appreciate you, Doc. All right, see you later. You can find a What Up Do podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, all of them. Do you listen on iTunes? If you haven't already, drop us a review. If you got questions, you can send them to What Up Do Podcast at Gmail. That's W U D U P D O E P O D C A S T at Gmail.com. Or you can find us on Facebook or you can find us on Twitter at What Up Do Podcast. Peace.